I'm trying to find her name. Where is your name? What's your name? Isn't there a song That's like that? That's not my name. That's yes, not my that's name. What I was thinking that is a Ting Ting song. Welcome to the Ice Garden. Music with the, the Ice Garden. Ito ang Ice Garden. One in need of the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Atem azanim ladan hakana. Music with the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Dabro pashala wait for Ice Garden. Bienvenido al hadin. Welcome to the Ice Garden. You're listening to the Ice Garden. This. 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 Is the Ice Garden. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis, here with Michelle J, and we have a special guest for this podcast, Meredith Foster. Meredith, what's up? Hi, guys. How's it going? Doing pretty good. Do you wanna do you wanna tell our listeners if you have listened to the podcast before, you have heard Meredith before. But do you want to remind uh, our listeners, or maybe let new listeners know, Meredith, what you do for the Ice Garden? I write about international hockey, focusing on Finland and Sweden primarily. Meredith is our resident European expert. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly, but... Yes, definitely. And actually, before we get into the what we're drinking part, um, maybe we should do this after. I wanted to ask you about your trip to Sweden, because you just yes. you recently went there, and it sounded like a ball. It was great. It was great. What did you... Where did you, you stole my you question. There? Oh, well, okay, then I'll, I'll step back. You can ask it. No, it's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind We can of... ask it together. How's that sound? Okay, one... I don't... Uh, one... <laughs> no. Two, no. three. No. Meredith, no. how was your no. trip to M- Michelle? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith, how was your trip to Sweden? Where did you go? It yeah, Meredith, wonderful. how was your trip to Sweden? Wow, okay. Well, thank you for asking, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. I went to, I stayed in Stockholm mostly, but I went to, um, Ling Shopeng, which I learned I've been saying wrong for a year, and there's a sh sound in there, which I never would have imagined. Um, and then my second to last night, I went up to Lulio, which is the furthest north on planet Earth I've ever been. So that was fun. So, so you had a good trip then to Sweden? Yeah, I had a good. I had a really, I had a really good trip. I got to see three SDHL games. Like finally getting to watch, you know, one in person was amazing got to do some wonderful interviews and just get you know just kind of get lost for a week it was great that sounds awesome who did you go with uh no one. Oh, that's fun <laughs> yeah it's been a couple of years since i've taken a trip just by myself i mean i i met a lot of people um some that i knew from you know from twitter already but most of the time no i was just by myself that's pretty fucking dope you met mm-hmm. up with a couple twitter people you knew right I did. Yeah, my friend Eric, who I've known for oh. about a year now, we got to hang out finally. Sorry. Fantastic. And then um, just getting to meet, like, getting to meet, like, some of the players in the front office staff that I've dealt with before and finally getting to put, like, more personality to faces than just what you deal with over, like, email and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting, you know, and just getting to meet some new people who knew me who I didn't, you know, necessarily, <laughs> didn't necessarily know was... It was great. Like every everybody I met was really wonderful and really welcoming, and it was just it was just a really wonderful experience all around. That's awesome. 
do you speak Swedish? That's funny. No. <laughs> I mean, I can get like I can get a couple of words here and there, but no, no, I do not. Um, I have a question. Okay. So you have been to NCAA games, correct? I've been to one NCAA and, game. And you've been to one Two? NWHL game, correct? Two? Yeah, one. One. Uh, was this the first time you've seen the SDHL in person? Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to know what was similar, different, comparing the three different games you've been to. There were the different... Okay, so... All three of the SDHL games I went to were really, really different just in terms of the environments that they were in because the first one in Stockholm was in a pretty small rank. I mean, it looked like... Um, I don't want to say it looked like the Barnabas Hockey House because it didn't quite, but it was like... You could tell that this is not designed for, um, you know, like a, like to attract a big crowd. This is designed for, like, you know younger clubs and like you know suburban kids to come and play and then the second one when i went to link shopping they have the if i recall right they have the men's old arena so it's a it's a much bigger venue but you but it's you know it's what maybe 30 years old by now mm-hmm. and then finally when i got to lulio they play in the same arena that the men do so all three of them were just, all three of the um the games were really different, so it's it's kind of hard for me to quantify, like in terms of what I saw in the NWHL, what I saw in the NCAA. Interesting. Did you notice any major differences from like a a on ice perspective, or is I guess that's probably going to be kind of hard to compare if you can't see them like side by side. Yeah, the thing that really, the thing that really struck me was, you know, when you watch a game just like on your computer, on your TV, or whatever, like. Obviously, you can see they're good. I mean, you're, you know you're dealing with professionals. But actually seeing it in person, holy crap, you get so much more. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, it, it is way different when you actually go and you watch it in person. Especially, oh, yeah. like, when you're covering it and you can, like, basically go, like, you can stay up in the press box or you can, like, be at ice level. And, like, mm-hmm. it's totally different. Yeah, it really, it really, really is. But I was, overall, though... I was really, really impressed with just the quality of the play I saw. It made me happy. I figured I would be, but, you know, it's nice to be right occasionally. <laughs> um, what are you guys drinking tonight? Chocolate milk. <laughs> Kill it. <laughs> is it alcoholic milk, Meredith? No, it is this super thick, what do they call it? Like, the midnight chocolate. So they're going for the, the dark and seductive angle on a dark and stormy night in the Midwest. <laughs> But it's almost, it's almost disconcertingly thick, but it's quite good. So kind of like a shake. Dig it. Mm-hmm. Michelle, what are you having? I am drinking another um, of those wines I bought. Was it the canned wine or whatever? The canned wine, <laughs> yes. I, today I am just drinking Pinot Gris, which is literally what it's called. It's a silver can. It's pretty good. It just kind of tastes like wine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I opened a new bottle of wine. Um, my parents are visiting, and so they brought some wine with them. And I'm drinking something called Columbia Crest Merlot. I didn't know your parents were there. Yeah, they just got—they literally just got here. Like, 
Did they drive or did they fly? They drove. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why didn't you Parents fly? Crazy. It's a it's a 12-hour drive from Illinois to Massachusetts. So yeah. they they got a hotel yes like they they split it up. They didn't try and do it in one trip, but like Okay, good. It's well, it's nice because they're not really big flyers. Like they don't enjoy going to airports. Um but it's nice Should that people enjoy going to airports. I mean, I kind of like going to airports. <laughs> but um, they, well, they, because they drove, they like brought stuff to me that I needed and yeah. I'm going to send them home with a lot of stuff that I'm not using. So like, that makes sense. that's convenient. But like, they were like, yeah, we'll just, we'll drive out there. And I'm like, why, why? Crazy. <laughs> but they brought me a new, new line. So mm-hmm. I've driven back and forth a few times. It's like from Boston proper to my house, it was like 16 hours. And when it was my dad and I doing it, we do it straight oh. through. Oh my God! Why? My because he would. We, I don't understand it, but he would. It just like hours. I never. Usually, like I wouldn't. It just I don't know. We just always did it that way. It was like sixteen hours, and we'd switch off like every four to six hours. Hmm. So let's talk about let's talk some hockey. Uh, and the reason we have so. Michelle and I kind of recapped the NWHL and the CWHL championship last week. And the reason we have Marathon is because over this past week, the SDHL had their championship series. And uh, we wanted to recap a little bit about, like, just the playoffs in general and some of the main storylines. And also, what happened? Now, (laughs) Meredith, did you listen to our episode last week? It's okay if you say no. Yeah, it's fine if I'm you sure say no. I, I just. I oh my god, I feel terrible. I've missed no. a top show episode. No, 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 no. Don't feel bad. The reason I asked is because Michelle and I did a new segment last week where we did a game recap in 45 seconds. And I, okay. And I wanted to ask if you wanted to try doing the championship game in 45 seconds. Are you it's actually super fun? Yeah, we're actually yeah. we're actually gonna time you. Like we we like give us the highlights. Or if you're Hannah, talk about the uh, crease for, like, a solid 20 seconds no, no, and don't mention who scored the game-winning goal. Or if you're Michelle, y- yell for the first three seconds and forget, yeah. and forget how to pronounce Alexa Grushaw's name. Yeah, that was fun. Listen. You know, I was just trying to remember how you pronounce Alyssa Gally. Dag- <laughs> yeah, I kind of just mumbled through that part. Alyssa yeah. oh, <laughs> All right, let me pull up the... Oh no, oh no, oh no. No, it's, it's no. from memory. No. Oh, son of a bitch. We'll, we'll, go, we'll talk more about it after. This is just like, this is purely entertainment all right. purpose. Ready? All right, all Are right. Are you ready? Are you ready? Ready? Uh, ready? No. Ready? Set? Oh, God. Set? Oh, God. Ready? Set? Go. Timer starting. Oh, God, I've frozen. Oh, no. <laughs> go, just talk, just talk. Uh,. It was it was good. It was good. That's the best I have. God, I'm getting all high pitched. Um, what we do? Who scored? Uh, okay, so finally, what happened was the scoring finally broke in this game. It took until game three. So the series are three games, best of three, and one and two went to zero and or um, shit. It was a one. They were both one goal games. <laughs> this is so high pressure. Um. Anyway, but Lulio finally broke in the scoring. You had a, they were playing up at home, which anytime they play in their home arena, I can't remember the Swedish name, but it's the Dolphin. Anytime they play at the Dolphin, you get an absolutely insane atmosphere because the crowd. Uh, damn it! Be like a 
like the first it? five seconds in silence. <laughs> I, I know. I just like every every muscle in my body just clenched. Like, oh, it's worse than a goddamn job interview. It's hard. Oh, it's funny, but it's like. It's fun if you're not doing it. And if you're the one who's trying to describe what's going on, it's like, oh my God, what's going on? That was terrifying. Okay, so now that we're not under the pressure of 45 seconds. Love you um, for that, thank you. So, so what, okay, so the first two games were like very similar, weren't they? This, it was a three-game series for the championship between Lulia and Lin, Lin Cho, oh my God, Lin Choping. <laughs> there shouldn't be a sh there. There is a sh there. I I know. I know. I have to remind myself every time. Um, so yeah, you had this. You have the league. Basically, you have the league's top two teams come together for the um, for the final, which is kind of how it should be, I think, when you just get the best, of the best, you know, trying to win. And um, they were each one goal games. Like they both with less than two minutes to go in the third, literally a one game one, and then with like what, maybe 40 seconds to go? Ling Xiaoping won game two, and so oh, by the time... I know, it was crazy. Like, there were just goaltender matchups. You had Florence Schelling doing her thing for Ling Xiaoping as she does, and then Maria, I'm going to say... Oh, I'm going to say it the American way, sweets. I'm very sorry. Maria Ohmberg... <laughs> that's not the American way. Anyway, Maria Ohmberg was doing her thing, too, and she really... She showed up for Lulio. She really did. Well, because Schelling's a name that I recognize from, like, we see her on the Swiss Olympic team, but Maria's not a name that I've heard. Well, she's the older of the two, um, of the two goalies that Lulio's got, and um, she, I want to say she's maybe 23, but she oh played God. all three of these games, and she was, she was outstanding for her team. Um, but, she, like, Schelling's performance should not be discounted at all, especially in, especially in game two, because... The shots were de the shots definitely favored Lulio, and a lot of the action really favored Lulio. But she just she kept that door shut and gave her team every chance to win that game, and they did. But then finally, you know, in game three, it just it just broke open. Mm -hmm. So what happened in game three? You had let's see, I finally got the stats open. Basically, it was it was kind of over by the beginning of the second period. <laughs> but yeah, Lulio went up. Three nothing at the end of the first, and Ling Shifin got their only goal and at the end of the first. And then once they got once they got to four one, and then Michelle Carvinen got the game winner at the um, at the end of period two, and that was just that was just it. It was it's you know how hard it is to come back from you know a four goal a four goal deficit, and especially when you're in an environment like the Dolphin where it is so loud and it is so raucous, then it's just. It, it would be, it would have been an impossible feat if they would have pulled it off, but they didn't. Now, were they in the Dolphin for all three games, or did they go back and forth? No, the very first game was in Linköping, and then they went then they went back up north because Lulio finished the season at um, number one in the SDHL, so they got the home ice advantage for pretty much all of their all three of their series. Mm -hmm. So how? So for our listeners and myself and Michelle, I'm assuming also who don't follow the SDHL as closely as we do other leagues, how did the playoff structure work? Like, was it was it one game series or was it three game series all the way? And like, how many rounds were there? Like, how how was the playoff structured? Okay, so you've got three game series all the way through, and then you have your quarterfinals, your semifinals, and then the finals themselves. And it was. Eight of the league's ten teams. The other two teams were um, 
had to go to compete to be um, to either stay in the league or get relegated, and oh, they wow. both wound up. Yeah, they both wound up um, staying in the league. So the ten teams will be the same again next year. So how does that how does that work? Do they play? Is there like another league below them that sends a team to play those two? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's how. That's how that would work. Um, okay. I was really happy that Yotherboria managed to stay up because it was their. They wound up in the SCHL kind of by accident because they just <laughs> barely avoided getting promoted last year. But then when one of the um, one of the other teams just got dropped because their management sucks, ah, yes. they wound up getting. They wound up getting in, and I was really happy that they managed to they managed to stay up because they were one of the teams that I got to see play live. And I mean, you can see where the gaps are and what they need to work on, but you can also see the potential. You know what I mean? And so it would have been really sad to see them go down after just a year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you had the quarters and you had the semis, and then the final. And Lulio swept both their quarterfinal series and their semifinal series, and both of Ling Shipping's went to. Um, three games. So they played more hockey coming into this. Mm. So you think, do you think that impacted the final? I think by the time you got to game five, yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, you're playing three games over a course of, let's see, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three games over four days. Everybody's going to be tired. And I mean, I, you had shelling and goal all for all three of those games. And she's been, I mean, she is their number one goalie. That's not even up for debate. And so she's played, you know, between the Olympics and all of the SDHL games she's played this year, it just, you know, something had to give. Mm-hmm. And her team, was, her team wasn't helping her out on the scoring that much either. Do you want to talk about, uh, like, playoff MVPs? Yeah, if I can get them up. I believe, I want to say Yeni Hedekoski got the playoff MVP. I know she was the... Um, she was named Defender of the Year for the SDHL. Schelling was named the goalkeeper. And then Michelle Carvinen was the forward of the year. But let me double check on the, I mean, basically any, you know, any accolade that Hiedekowski gets, she absolutely deserves because she's such an incredible defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we go. She was the um, most valuable player in the final for 2017-2018. Hell yeah. Gosh, she's so good. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're a defender and you've got 22 goals in 36 games, yeah, Jesus just... Christ, that's a lot. <sighs> oh, did I mention assists to go with that? So, you know. How many is this? 33. Holy shit! She's crazy. So that's what, 50, She's... 50 what? Over 36 games? Oh, hang on. I gotta pull that stat I can't. I can't math. I've already had a glass of wine. Just to suffice it I to just say. know that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and for a defend, she's a defender. She's a defender. Holy, Jesus! Shit. She doesn't. Go, she doesn't go back and forth. She is just a straight defender. She's just a straight defender. Damn, yeah, she must have some kind of crazy shot. Yeah, here we go. Fifty-six points. Holy shit! Yeah, she Damn. does have a crazy shot. Like in the article I wrote about the final, um, this guy Petter, who I've known for, on Twitter for a while and was lucky enough to get to meet up there. He get like he does all the SDHL gifts on Twitter, and mm. it's awesome. Thank you. And he, he I know, right? Petter's great. Anyway, he gift you the real MVP. Mm. <laughs> he gift her goal that she opened the scoring with, and it is a bomb of a shot. It's crazy. You put that in your in your article, right? Of the, of the final. Yeah, I watched that this morning because I was reading it to, to like prep for today, and I was like, holy shit! Like 
as someone who watches mainly like North American, I'm like, that's Megan Bozak esque. Like, just a bomb. Just every, everything. Like, her game is just so complete and her fitness is just so incredible. It just it shows every time she sets foot on the ice. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable. So, you wanted to talk about some other stuff too. Um, yeah, there's, there's a couple of interesting storylines going into. Going into the SDHL offseason just already. It's only been, like, what, three days? It's <laughs> just, like, women's hockey in general. Like, the offseason hits and you're like, oh, a break. And it's like, LOL, JK. Yeah, no kidding. So, Lulio's first round opponent was the eighth-seeded team, which is Bernas, who's... They've got um, Sarah Garan as their goaltender, and she is the Team Sweden starting goalie, and she has been for several years. <laughs> And um, one of the things that came out pretty much right after Bernas got swept is that they are, they're really unhappy with the way they're treated by their organization. Mm. And Sarah Ground was one of the ones who went on record as saying, you know, if things don't change, there's no guarantee that, you know, I'm going to come back. And it came out, I think it was an article yesterday or a couple of days ago. No, it would have been yesterday that she's in talks with Lulio and she says she hasn't made her mind up yet, but you take an already great team and you add probably the best active Swedish goaltender today. Holy shit. Yeah. That would be one dangerous, dangerous scene, but she's not there. You had Gron, you had Anna Borkvist, I believe. And then their captain just retired. She's only 26 and she just retired. But they put together a a group to try to improve the women's conditions there, but there's no guarantee that it'll actually get anything done, and especially not in such a short period as one off season. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be one to watch over the next few months. I mean, did she specify like what about like their treatment? Like, is it poor like like practice conditions, or like the the front office is bad, or like what's what's the situation? They're just not getting... I don't know if she went into specifics. I'm not sure. I can't comment specifically. But they definitely aren't treated the same way the men's club is. Because Bernas does have a men's side. And they're just... They're kind of the second-class citizens in that organization. Mm. And it just it's understandable that they're just... They're tired of it. And that's not the case. Because I know there are, there are other, like, sister teams with, mm-hmm. like, the men's teams that aren't treated that way. That are treated more, like... Equally. Exactly. And that's one of the things that um, I've been following this year. And one of the things that I knew that Lulio was really big on this and actually getting to see it in person, how devoted they are to um, to having everything be 100 percent equal. And it's not yet. They know it's not yet, but they're actually taking the steps to get it that way in the future was really great to actually see that. Mm hmm. And it's, and I mean, like they won the championship. So like clearly the the resources that they're getting are helping. They are. And I mean, this is the second championship they've won in the past three years. So, I mean, good things, good things are happening up there, not just on the ice, but off the ice too. And just in the culture they're building for the women and everything. Question, Meredith. Yes. Slightly veering away from uh, talking about, the actual game, something you said struck me as interesting. Yeah, bring it on. Uh, you called them sister teams with men's programs or men's teams. Is that um, a common theme in European or Swedish and Finnish 
women's hockey, do they typically have like, for lack of a better word, sibling teams that um, they work with? They do more in Sweden than they do in Finland. Um, if I'm running off the top of my head, I want to say without having a direct list in front of me that eight out of the 10, um, let me get the list. I believe eight out of the 10 SDHL teams have men's clubs in the SHL. Where is my list? That they're like officially partnered with. It's not even so much a part. It's not even so much a partnership is it's one umbrella organization that happens to have a men's side and a women's side. Oh, interesting. Do you know yeah. like what kind of relationship they have besides probably the men's, as you were saying, the men's team getting more resources? Is it like, like how similar is this to the partnerships that we see in like North America? Like, is this like a Riveters Devils type deal, or it's like no, not a, not the same thing? No, it's not. I would say it's not because again, it is like the end. Like the Riveters and the Devils, like the Riveters are their separate business and are still. Is it more like a Buttes? Like well, I guess even like Buttes Sabers how they're owned by the same company. Yeah, that's, I would say, I would say that's more, I would say that's more comparable, but it is, it's just, it's just different. Like that is, that's, that's closer, but I'm not entirely sure quite how to, because like, I'd be very, I'd be, I'd be very interested to like learn more about. I may have just found my big research piece for the next few months. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely be interested because I think you see that a lot more in soccer Mm. is like men's and women's teams being hosted under the same umbrella organization probably more in like the premier league i think i'm so not well versed in soccer i can't believe i'm even talking about it <laughs> uh, so i'd be i'd definitely be interested because that struck me as interesting when you were like oh yeah they have they're like the sister team or there's a brother team well and they definitely have, like it's a like it is a big like like using Djurgården for example, one of the teams in Stockholm, like that is a big sporting organization. It's more than just hockey. Like they've got, I know they've got a soccer team. I want to say they maybe have a basketball oh. team too. So this is like, this is a this is a big sporting club that you're dealing with, and and that's not the case. That's not the case for all of the, for all of these teams. But um, depending on which club you're dealing with, like you you may have you have may, may have multiple sports. You may have youth teams. Huh. Yeah, so I mean, it's um these by and large these can be pretty big, pretty big groups depending on which you know specific one you're dealing with. That's so interesting, just because like that's not something you really see in the U.S. I think. No, it's no. not. It's it, it, it's I know it, it. The differences absolutely fascinate me. <laughs> they really do. And just like and you just the way the fans are too. When you're actually in the stands watching a game, you see that it is a completely different sporting culture. And it's just, it's, it's so neat. It's so neat to have like multiple, you know, to be able to have multiple frames of reference and just to look at it, you know, a little bit differently. Than what, it, than it's would. So fun. What I are the, di- what are the differences you see in like the fan bases? Well, so like I said, the up in Lulio, they love their team. They are very, very passionate. And one of the things that they do is they have an entire, at the Dolphin, they've got an entire section where there are no seats. You stand and you sing. (laughs) Sounds like my worst nightmare. Oh, it's it's the best. It's the best. I got to spend, I got to spend a period 
with them and they just they they all know they all know these chants even down from like the little tiny kids who are waving the flags and leading some of these it's just it's, they start them young it's great but it's very like it's very influenced by you know the european football culture yeah yeah that's you, you said that and i'm like i've been to like one soccer game like one chicago fire game and they have like a section um like like they have a section basically what you're describing and yes. and like that's instantly like Soccer was where my mind went first when you said exactly. That. That's exactly that's exactly what it's like, and they just oh my god! I've never like I've never seen anything like it here in the U.S. And it's just I know I I, I can hear the awe in my voice because it's just it's fun and to hear that for a women's team. Mm-hmm. It's great. That's so fun. Love it. Love it. You're making me want to go to Sweden, Meredith. <laughs> I'm telling you, pack your bags. Let go. Pack your bags and move away. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. But, like, honestly, we are looking for sponsors. Um, we're not opposed to wearing only your brand's clothes. <laughs> if the, assuming if that they are, like, normal. If like, you're, I'm not going to wear a crop top. Um, I, yes, I'll wear a crop top. Crop Hannah top, might. Yeah, no. If you're a crop top brand and you're listening, I don't know why. But, like, we'll sponsor your shit. I'll sponsor your shit. It's fine. Gong show, what's with it? Gong yeah, show gear? Yeah, gong show gear? Hello, it's us. Like, we're looking Hannah will wear the crop top. I'll wear the hoodie. It works great. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, though, if I get you guys, like, a Squarespace sponsorships or a Casper mattress or the Nutribox or the Spotty Potty, then I... There we go. Uh, I want a Red Bull sponsorship. Tobani, Hillary Knight, if you're listening, hello. We would like to... We would like to also be sponsored by your companies. How do we do this? Yeah. Gigi also needs a um, Gigi Hannah's cat, not Gigi Marvin. Needs uh, probably a cat food thing sponsorship. Gigi, yeah. Gigi, so like, Gigi needs a litter sponsorship. Is there a litter that's not going to make you not pee outside the box? I think that's just. Yeah. We really need to start talking about hockey again. <sighs> anyway. You. Listeners, you signed up for this. You signed up for a person who has a cat who, and, yeah. And now Meredith also has a cat. So two-thirds of this podcast has cats. And... I had a cat. And Michelle had a cat. So it's for like... two years. Five-sixths of this podcast has a cat. Mine's currently sitting behind my head because I'm on the couch. He's purring into my ear. Oh, That's adorable. Gigi I just is- used to do that and then he would sink his claws into your head because he thought your hair was toys. Oh, God. Dude, this thing was the demon cat. <laughs> cats are so weird. And sometimes I hear, so, like, things that, like, other cats do, and I'm like, wow, I'm really glad Gigi doesn't do that. But also, I wish no. it was a normal cat. So, All okay. of us had long hair, and if it was, like, in a ponytail or a braid hanging behind the couch, because um, actually both the apartments I lived at with them, you could like get behind, he could get behind the couch. And so if your hair was hanging down and fell behind the couch, which like, is a fairly normal thing to happen for girls, he would go behind the couch and you'd be like, oh shit, it's going to happen. <laughs> and he would jump and just latch onto your hair and like hang. And nobody could get him because he was behind the couch. Cats are so weird. Wait, so like, he was such an asshole. You mean hanging like a pendulum just from your hair? Yeah, yeah, from your hair. Oh, it usually only worked if you had a braid, and one of our roommates always had her hair in a braid. See, that's the thing. I in college, I wore my hair in a braid. Well, before I got it all cut off, I had really long hair. I wore my hair in a braid all the time. 
So, like, this would be a problem if this cat lived in my apartment. Yeah. It was literally always a problem. Ow. He was quite the cat. <laughs> um. Okay, we really need to get back to hockey. As much as I'd like to talk about cats for, like, all the podcasts, like, we really need to start talking about the reason we have a podcast. Uh, Just to talk about cats, I thought. Well, I feel like cats and, like, food and alcohol tends to be, like, 40% of what we talk about. Um, Meredith. Yes. We were talking before the podcast about things you wanted to talk about. Um, I'm going to mispronounce this name. Brinus. Brinas. Brinas. You said they had an enough moment when Lulia swept them. They did. What do you, what do you mean by that? I wasn't quite sure what you meant by that. So I'm looking for the record for the past couple of years. They haven't been they haven't been stellar the past few years and they haven't like one of the sort of barometers that I that I use and this may not be this may not be a fair one, but one of the barometers I use is sort of like when you see a team account like on like on Twitter or something, see kind of how much they ever mention the women or if they've got a separate like Twitter account for the women if it's ever updated. Mhm. They barely talk about their women's team, and it's sad. Mm. But so they haven't been—they haven't been fairly—they haven't been very good for the past few years. And I think, especially for players like Sarah Gron and Anna Borkvist, who have also had a rough few years with Team Sweden, and they see—you um, know—they see other teams who are—you know—who just have better conditions and better circumstances, and who are—who are also winning. And who, you know, where that investment in the women is starting to pay off. What is that rustling noise? It's weird. It might be me. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I was, it's okay. I just didn't, I just wanted to make sure my computer speakers weren't all fucked up. But I think it was just kind of this moment of, okay, when is it, you know, when is it our turn? When are we going to start seeing some, you know, when are we going to start seeing some better treatment? And then a cross between when are we going to start seeing it? And we're not going to start seeing it until we demand it. So when you say it was an enough moment, it's more it's more off ice stuff than on. I think it, yeah, I think it's like the when you're when you're that comp- you know when you're that competitive when you're competitive enough and good enough to get you know to get on the Olympic team. Obviously, the on ice stuff is going to have an impact, but I think definitely more off in terms of just how they're treated. Well, yeah, like Sarah Gron, especially that's a name we're going to be hearing for like years to come if like everything stays. The way we expect, I think. If she decides to keep playing, yeah. yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, she is going to play next year, but I don't know. If, I don't know that we'll see her in another Olympics because she's yeah. getting up with 30, so we'll have to see. But It's so interesting. Like, well, it's not interesting. It's sad. Because I'm, like, thinking of, like, Nora Raju after 2014 saying she was going to retire just because yeah. of, like, playing conditions. Like, she didn't have a place to play. And obviously, like, she's a, a different place in her career than Sarah Gron is. But, yes. But, like, a player like Ron should have a place to play that, like, treats her as the, like, star she is. Absolutely. Like, cause she's, I mean, Sweden didn't have a good Olympics. They didn't. Any any semblance that they were able to hold together was because of their goaltending. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at her. I'm looking at her elite prospects now. She's 29, so this may have been... This may have been her last Olympics, which is really sad. But I mean, we see players like Florence Shawn. Like she's she's got it. She's in her thirties, right? I don't know off off the top of my head how old she is. She's younger. 
Pam, she has to be. I'm gonna go. Yeah, she's 29. She's 29 too, and I mean, she's still she's still going strong. Well, I'm like, I wouldn't be shocked to see her in the next Olympics, but I think you also know, that kind of speaks to her, one, her talent, and two, Switzerland's goaltending. Whereas I think Sweden maybe has some more um, younger prospects. Mm-hmm. Schelling has been in 2006, 2010, 2014, and 2018. So she's been in four Olympics. She's crazy. And she's what? She's 29? God. Well, that since she was what? Like, what, 15 or something? Yeah, she was a baby in 2006. How old would she have been in 2006? I don't know. That's math. Which I'm not. They played her in that game, in those games too. Holy shit. So she, she was Olympics. So she was born in March '89. So '99, and like, and she was playing. So like, she played in the 2006 Olympic Games, uh, but she spent three years playing for the ZSC Lions in Switzerland before then. So she was like mm-hmm. 13, playing professionally. Like, holy shit! I know she's crazy good. Like an act. Oh my god! So one of my one of my favorite things that I saw was after they scored every goal, Ling Shiping goes over to congr- like to fist bump their goalies and included her in their in their goal celebrations instead of just going to fist bump the bench. It was great. Good. I'm here just so you guys know, but I keep <laughs> muting you guys because um, my boyfriend just got home and he's moving around, so I don't want all the background noise. <laughs> but so I'm I'm always here. I just have to keep muting everything just so it doesn't like. So long as you're here in spirit. Yeah. And plus, like, you guys are handling the conversation. I have a few things I would like to ask Meredith at some point, but um, they're well, more like overall SDHL questions. So, yeah. Well, do you want to ask them now? I am sure. here for your question use, Michelle. So one thing that I keep noticing is you're talking about teams and the games and the league is uh, names I recognize, like Michelle... Okay. Not Part. just because her name is Michelle. Be but I, yes, thank you. Uh, Florence Schelling, Sydney Morin. Yes, is an S, former SDHL player. I don't think she did. She come back this season. She did for a little bit, I believe. Yeah, for she came. Sec. She came back for the playoffs, but she is. She's not going back to Moto next year, and we don't know where she's going yet. Interesting. Dun, dun, um, dun. Obviously, the uh, Swedish and Finnish national players are great in their own respect. But I think one thing personally I latch onto is um, North American players whose names I already recognize okay. that play in these leagues. Uh, is there? Can you kind of just talk about who's in those leagues that we might recognize already? Okay, so one of the cool things about the about the SDHL and the way it's grown is they've seen more and more um, bigger foreign names come over there. Like Jennifer Wakefield's been over there for, I think, about four years now. And then Megan Mickelson joined up um, after the Olympics. Yes. And then... Those are two huge Canadian names that are over there. And they just won gold, too. It's great. Um, But you've also got... You've also got players like Michaela Kava and Janelle Kowalczyk who mm. left WHL to go over just this year. I and, forgot she went over. I mean, you talk, yeah, you talk about why like Toronto struggled this year. They lost a lot of depth, and like they did. Yeah, they really did. Like those two, those two in particular were huge mm-hmm. losses. Mm-hmm. Let's see who else. Who else do you have? And then 
Um, so the transfer deadline was, and I want to say it was the middle of February, but um, Dew Gordon scored Haley Krasaniak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who else? A couple of, uh, Grayson Hershey, and what is her other, what is the other one? Another former North Dakota player. Uh, anyway, they got three former North Dakota players. What the hell is the third one? Said Grayson Hershey. Oh, this is going to bug me now that I can't remember this or off the top of my head. So, Dew Gordon's captain, you've also got former Connecticut Whale and, I believe, former U.S. <gasps> Molly Angstrom. Yeah! Oh, I forgot about her! How do you forget about Molly Angstrom? I, 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 I mean, I know she had, like, kind of a prolific exit from the CDR, <laughs> or from the end of where she was like, hey, you man. can't pay me? Sorry. Deuces. She, uh, deuces was literally what I was going to say. She was like, bye. Bye, bye Danny. <laughs> Oh man, the whale! Yeah, or like she, still, she still plays the same way too. Molly Angstrom. There was a point. Where, there was a point at which all the North Americans kept going to the box. <laughs> and I was, I'm not surprised. I was in, when we were when we were watching Dugard, and I was joking with Eric that just like this is what we come over here to do. We come over here to take penalties. It's all the North <laughs> Americans. Um, well, wait, well, there's an import rule in the SDHL, right? It's like you can have, and it, that changed this year. No. 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 There's not. There's not a rule that says how many you can have. There, the what you're what you're thinking of is the fees for how much they have to pay yes. per import. Yes, you're right. So when you say they have to pay, the the club has to pay whom? I believe it goes to the IAHF. So what happened was there's always been this there's always been this transfer fee that says if you want to get a player from outside your country, you have to pay X amount. But the Swedish Ice Hockey Association was helping the clubs to, you know, mitigate some of the damage per player. And then this season, they just stopped doing that entirely. So the fee that the clubs have to pay, all, like, over doubled. Because the, the league wasn't helping them, like, offset those costs. No, not the, no, not the league. The, um, the National Federation. Oh. This is an, okay, yeah. this is, let me, let me clarify. This is another way that the women's hockey in Finland and Sweden is run differently than it is here because there it's under the umbrella of the national fed. Whereas over here, it's not. Interesting. This is what I want though. I want USA hockey and hockey Canada to be involved in the pro leagues. Do you trust USA hockey with our pro leagues? Listen, I don't trust a lot of people. However, I trust USA hockey more than I trust the NHL. Which isn't a high bar to clear. Oh, it's not. But like, oh, oh. God, that is a low fucking bar. But still, it really is. Like, I trust USA about I trust USA hockey about as far as I can throw them, which is like an inch. But like, see, okay, I look at that. Like, I look at this having watched all the ways that the Swedish Ice Hockey Association has either ignored or moved backwards with this league over the past year. And I just, I I don't know how I feel about a national federation stepping in. Like if you're going to do it, fucking do it right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, they're, oh God, this, this, I wrote an article about this like a year ago and it still pisses me off to this day, but like the way they handled the transfer fee stuff was just absolute bullshit and came down to a lot of almost borderline xenophobia and just sexism. Which is really, really depressing because their rationale for um, not helping the clubs with this fee anymore was, well, the men's team pays all of it. Well, yes, 
the men's team also has way more money than the women's team does. So you can't play the equality card when the conditions aren't fucking equal to begin with. And if it's anything like North American hockey, like the men's team probably has a longer history and has been around longer than the women's team. So like you're, we're, we're not even like talking about the same like thing. Like we're not even looking at the same thing. We're not even, looking, not apples to not apples. even looking at the same thing. And also they were also they were grousing about, you know, we want to keep Swedish talent in the Swedish league, which makes sense, except, oh, by the way, we're going to outright admit that we don't have the development structure for this yet. My, another minor detail, you know, when you have when you're throwing in 15 year olds against, right. you know, he had a carving in Wakefield. How is that fair? How is that fair to the kid? It's not. No. Ugh. God, that that. Ugh. I've got a I've got a spreadsheet actually of how much each club had to pay based I'm, on the number of imports. I've got to update that and get the final numbers. Well, because the transfer fee is so interesting. Like, and it's it's funny because, and I keep comparing this to North American stuff because that's what I know right. like more. No, it's like, fine. Because like the, with the Chinese teams this year, there was a limit. It wasn't like you had to pay more to have imports. It was you had to have. It was you could have six skaters and one goalie, which was like kind of changed mid year, whatever. That's another podcast. Fine, but like um, they had a, a set limit, and I was talking to Digit about Digit Murphy, who's the head coach of Cunlin, um, about that limit, and she was like, "Well, we struggle. Like one of our weaknesses is our depth, and mm-hmm. so with the with the rule in the SDHL in that." You could have as many imports as you want. You just have to pay the fee. Like, if that's something that were to be adapted, like, I probably think we see these Chinese teams be a lot more... I mean, they were competitive already this year, but I think we see them more competitive than they already were because they... I think they'd be able to financially afford that and get more... I'm sure they had had to pay for, like, Nora and, like, Zoe Hickel and whatnot. I'm sure they had to pay for Right, right. But, like, if... If the CWHL were to adapt that rule, saying you could have as many imports as you want, oh, yeah. um, you just had to pay. You just had to pay the fee because this year, like they had, it was a set number. It was a cap. It was a hard cap of you can have this many players on your team. Right. And I'm like, I'm sure they had to pay the fee. Yes, but like, if they were to kind of change that and say you can have as many as you want as long as you pay the IIHF, like, I think the the makeup of these of Vanke and Conlin changed dramatically. God, it's super bad. interesting to me that, like, even though the concept is the same, you know, we have North American, like, Canadian players and uh, U.S. players going over to Sweden and Finland to play, and they are imposing fees on these Swedish teams, but we also have U.S. players going to Canada to play and kind of technically to China, even though it's a little little different because it's technically a Canadian-based league, that the parameters around it are so different. You know, because, like, the Swedish mm-hmm. leagues have to pay, but there's just a limit for the Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it feels like a not a double standard and not like a... It just feels very weird to me. Um, and I think, Hannah, you and I have talked about the idea of, like, an I-H-I-I-I-I. <laughs> that was bad. No, I love it because you've done this before on the podcast. I know. It's, I don't know why I can't say I-I-H-F. Double I-H-F? Mid-sentence. 
um, someone said NC two A to me the other day, and I did not understand what they were saying. NC two A. I immediately think you're talking about a droid or something. <laughs> yeah. R two D two NC two A is what that is <laughs> I was like excuse me what did you do this weekend <laughs> it was someone at work and I just stared at him and I was like what I le- literally didn't understand but anyway um I think Hannah and I have talked about it on the podcast before this idea of like an IIHF sponsored I struggle to call it a league but something tournament where we see like cross nation yeah cross-country, cross-league play. So um, it's interesting that you should mention this because I know I know I keep coming back to my friend Eric, but this is... He's my, Hi, Eric. We should Hi, get Eric. him on the podcast. You. Well, you should... Oh, my God, that would be a riot. But he threw up an idea the other day about getting... Who was... Oh, God, who won the cup this year? About getting the Thunder, the Riveters... Um, Lulio and who am I missing? And whoever wins the Nice and League championship, I may be missing a team here. Well, they well they don't have a champion yet, right? There's their playoffs are still going on. No, that's that's still going that's still going on. But like about having a basically having a tournament with all of, with like these to, these top tier leagues. Yes. Like, See, well, I'd be like a hundred and ten percent bought into that. Give me it, need it right now, want it. As long as it's not in China, I'm going. I'm going. I will fly to Europe for that. Yes. I will fly to Canada. I will take time off work. Hell, I'd probably quit my job (laughs) to go to that. Like, let's be honest, guys. Yeah, here we we go. Just those four four leagues having, like, having, like, what do you, what would you think about top two teams out of each league? I mean, in in a league like the NWHL, just to add more teams, in a league like the NWHL, you only have four teams, Mm -hmm. that gets a little weird, but I think only having four teams might be a little small, Um, especially, I mean, I don't know how the Swedish and the Finnish league schedules look, but I mean, I know like the NWHL has such a short season and the CWHL only has a moderately larger solely because they play multiple games in a week. So the SCHL has got a 36 game season, hmm. which is, I think it's a, like, I don't know. I think it's a decent. That that's, like yeah. A decent that's more than end of MCW, I believe. Yeah. I, believe I think it so. Is. Yeah. Um, do they, do they play a longer season? Like when do they start? They, or do they just play more games in a weekend. They usually play. You know, they usually play a couple games a weekend, and then sometimes sometimes you get Wednesday games. I'm trying to look Ooh. up. Yeah, yeah it, just, it just depends. This is like, kind of sounds like the AHL schedule. I was going to say, this is very much like the AHL, where like it's mostly weekend stuff, but like also our Wednesdays are very heavy. I like that, That's interesting. Though. I wish, like, I understand that, like, from a crowd perspective, you don't draw as many people on a Wednesday as you would a weekend. But, like, I like, in terms of, like, spacing games out... I like not having like maybe back to backs or like three game weekends. Yeah, I agree. Instead of like like from an athlete's perspective, you have maybe oh you have a game on Wednesday and a game on Saturday. Like, oh my god! So the beginning, the Lulio's first four games this season, four in a row, four days in a row. Jesus, Holy I know. Shit. That sucks. Oh, it was bad. Four I mean, games- they, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. They won all four of them, <laughs> but 
that was just that was maybe the most batshit scheduling example I've ever seen. Four games in four days, like I'm tired thinking about that. I know, Holy right? Shit. I like don't even want to run two miles on back to back days, two or three miles. Meredith, do in the SDHL and in the Finnish league, whose name admittedly I can't remember right now. It's okay. Um, are the players compensated at all? Is it like what's that kind of look like for They're players not. to be able to play like four games in a row? How does that work with like full time jobs? I mean, they're they're not compensated yet. That's one of the things that um, that's one of the things that you know they're working on eventually. I feel God. I sound I sound like Brenda Andrus. It's a, it's a <laughs> goal. Uh, so is it more like a CWHL or well a former CWHL structure where they would pay like the players didn't have to pay to play but they weren't paid to play? Uh, where like ice time and like jerseys were provided kind like of situation. Like they're buying their own equipment but they don't have to like pay a fee to be in a league. I'm not one you know what I'm actually not 100% sure that is a thing that I should probably know. I know in the case of um, the foreign players, some of them, that the clubs will try to work to get them jobs so that they can have a little bit and, like, try to get them housing and things so that you're, not, think, just, you're not just, like, showing up blind. I think Blake Bolden talked about that in an interview with Erica on um, Founding Four earlier this season. Though I think she's not in... She's, she's in, in... Well, she's in the Swiss she's League. In, Swiss League. Damn it. Yeah. She's in Wrong S continent. <laughs> <laughs> I but, also knew I had the wrong continent because she's like, oh yeah, I've been to Italy or country. I was like, yeah. Whoops, say, Sweden's, Sweden's nowhere near Italy. Well, well, I think like, the up tried to do that with some of its imports too. Like when Belyakova was here, like I think they made, like they took care of her, quote unquote, while she was here mm-hmm. to make sure like, because she couldn't, depending on her visa, like get a job mm-hmm. besides playing hockey, but they made sure that she was like, okay. I know, I I know it's going to be and in Finland. It's going to be easier for the um, for the foreigners who are still um, EU citizens, just because of the EU laws. It's going to be easier. Yeah. For them. Um, but I know like Ronja Savalainen and uh, Nora Tulos. They work at the they work at the airport in Lulio. They're baggage handlers. Huh. Huh. And, and yeah, and then Michelle Carvin is a graphic designer. So you know, it just it just depends on your skill set and where you're from. But um, I think I, a few of the Canadians in the um, NWHL at least previously had talked about how they helped them like figure it out like their work visas and stuff yeah I think it's a it's kind of a player by player basis honestly like okay Meredith is there anything about I know there were some other like key things that you wanted to talk about at all I think it's like they broke the cup Please, yes. Let's yeah. talk about that. Let's please let's talk about that because why? Why does every women's league, besides the C Dub, have an issue with like the handles being broken off? Okay, to be fair to the Clarkson Cup, those things look like they're welded on. They're pretty good. Also, to be fair with the Clarkson Cup, I'm gonna throw Chris Tanaway under the bus. Um, they like almost <laughs> broke the Clarkson Cup this year because they put it at center ice to be photographed after it had been recently zambonied, and so it was <laughs> stuck to the ice. 
And so Wait, they, had, they, had to, like, to the they had to, like, chip it off to make sure they could get the cup. <laughs> Dear Chris, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but not sorry. Yeah, we did that with the end, with Isabel, when it was in Lowell. I had to do those, like, beauty shots I did of it. It had just been, I got stuck to the ice. How did you get stuck to the ice? My shirt, because it was, ice. like, a newly zamboni ice. Because you were laying I was, down. I was laying down Remember, because we had to get there, so I had to get there early, so I drove all you, me, Jen, and Erica up early, and you guys just had to, like, chill. I was laying on the ice shooting the Isabel Cup, and I literally got stuck, because I, I was wearing... You, I um, you telling me that. I was wearing, like, a, a, a sweater. I don't know what I was wearing. A shirt a thing. sweatshirt, whatever. A, net, a knit sweater that got stuck to the ice. <laughs> I literally was, like... I tried to get up and it like my shirt stuck and I remember just being like, oh shit. <laughs> and there was like, like remnants of my shirt on the ice. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, the the cup breaking. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the handles also fell off of this cup. Yeah. Well, one of them. At least one of them. So what happened was, at least wait, at least one of the handles or at least one of the cups. No, one of the handles. One of the oh, handles okay. came off, and then they used, like, a, like blue painter's tape to just tape it to the side of the cup. Yo! <laughs> the, pictures of it are fa- the pictures of it are fantastic. But no, um, uh. Frederick Loder, he was, in, he was in the paper saying that, you know, well, it was already loose, and we like to party up here, and it just happened. We they like taped- to party. We so they like, taped it back we on. We like to party. <laughs> okay. Now that's in my head, and I'm pissed at you. Yeah. I don't know the song, so it's not in my head. Ha! Not yet it's not. Just wait. Yeah, I know. We didn't talk about it last week, Hannah, that Anya finally revealed the Isabel Handel story. I didn't read this, or, like, I didn't hear the broadcast, so, like, I don't... I only heard what I heard on Twitter. Like, I I, don't... Okay. Basically, Anya's really strong, and it's scary. Well, I mean, we knew that already. I definitely have picked up the Isabel Cup by the Handles before. Because, like, wow, you're one of, like, a select club. I know. I'm so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I picked up Izzy by her handles. That sounds weird. Well, now there's no handles. So, again, exclusive club. I know. Hashtag exclusive. Izzy up by her euphemistic handles. (laughs) Yeah, I realized as I was saying it that it came off kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. This is women's hockey. There's no straight people here. Meredith, is there anything else that you want to talk about? No, I was just thinking, like, are we doing a mailbag? What are we doing today? Well, we got a couple mailbag questions. We've also been talking for an hour and a half. Okay. Wait, wasn't there a good mailbag about that pertained to... Well, there were were a couple good mailbags, actually. So, Michelle, would you like to sing? Sing a set of the mailbag. Oh, yes. Wait, which... Are we going to ask... I thought Ariana's mailbag was good, considering we have Meredith. The one about Mickelson. Staying? I think I think that's fine, and I I mean like honestly like both of them are kind of like relevant. Yeah, yeah. So I think we can do both. I think. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. I'll sing us in. Meredith, are you ready? Are you ready for me to sing to you? Because it's pretty fucking special. <laughs> Put it in my ear holes, Michelle. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. <laughs> when it comes, I wanna wail. Now. I have my lighter out as we speak. 
good. I love, my favorite thing is I never know how you're going to say the last mail. It's different every week. And it's my favorite. Well, I figured, I figured this week I'd go like really hard into the actual song. Mm-hmm. And then just like deadpan the end. Um, so we had a couple of really good questions this week from Ariane and Alexa. Um, the sisters. Hey. Well, they're twins, right? Yes, they are yeah, twins. I think they've told us they're twins. They are twins. Oh, they're twins. Yeah. Which oh, we, we did not know until, like, I They know. tweeted at us about that one. Yeah. Which is pretty much how we find out about anything. People tweeted us, and then we're like, oh, okay. Um, so I think we're going to start with Ariane's question, and then kind of yeah. it, it opens up into Alexa's. Um, but Ariane tweeted us and asked, do you think that players like Mickelson will stay in Sweden? Or is this like a one-off? Um, Mickelson, I'm not entirely sure. I'm going to say at least for um, at least for next season, she's probably going to take the year off because she was in one of the uh, she was in one of the Swedish newspapers talking about that she and her husband want to grow their family and see if they can't get called or a sibling. Oh, so it's it's you know she may she may take next year off you know being pregnant so we'll have to see but in terms of her coming back I'd say there's a I'd say there's a possibility if she decides to keep I mean if she does have another baby and decides to keep playing afterwards because her brother is in her brother's in the Lulio organization um right so, so it's it's definitely possible I'm actually oh my god I met her brother he's really nice. <laughs> We discovered, or not discovered, well, yes, discovered, last week, because we, prior to this, we were like, oh, yeah, it's so weird that Mecca Mickelson's in Sweden when her husband is coaching the Calgary Inferno, and then we were like, oh, wait, he's He's not. Um, I think part of that stems from some media relation issues the CWHL and women's hockey in general has, but anyway, that's a different issue. I think that could be a summer issue anyway. Also, yes. really quickly, I'd like to talk about how last week I said that Chad Weisman was retiring, which is not true. He's coaching a new team, but is not officially retiring, which Michelle corrected me on last week. But So he's just got a new gig, basically. He's got a new gig. He Back might in st- Canada. He might still be involved in the end of in some capacity. We just don't know. Okay. But yeah, like it made sense to me that Mickelson like went to the SDHL this season because her brother was there. But like, yeah. well, and also what she told me, like I talked to her for a few minutes, and they've been trying to get her for years. Ooh. This is this was not a new thing. She just decided that now was finally the right time. That's super interesting. Hmm. I'm telling you, Frederick, like Frederick Glodar does not mess around with his recruiting, and he's frequently successful. And well, it finally paid off. Well, then that's interesting to me then, because, like, if her husband's not then attached to the Inferno anymore, and they could hypothetically stay in Sweden for longer, like, even if she takes a year off, if she if she decides to come back, I'm looking at her Wikipedia, so she's 33 at the moment. Yeah. So, like, hmm. she's probably getting close to the end of her career. But, like, I think she's good enough to continue playing. Same. I can't remember what she told me because I asked her about that, and I think it's just, you know, if I she, wonder, she, she does get pregnant again. I think we'll do. I think she'll just probably take it by ear. Yeah. I wonder if she like plays a little bit longer in the SDHL in Sweden, and then finishes her career with maybe one season in Canada, just so she can 
go out at home. Well, I feel like the reason she was playing with the Inferno was, one, because she was still with Team Canada, and that's where, like, mm-hmm. the majority of their players were. And also, her husband coached the Inferno, so it made sense yeah. for her to play there. If she's, like, I mean, she's 33. Like, I know Canada tends to stick with their veterans more than Team USA does, at least with this new, like, staff that tends to want younger players, which is, Sorry. you know... It's fine. You hiccup, you hiccup literally every it's episode. a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's true. If you're practically a fetus, you can tend Team USA's goal. <laughs> Meredith! You're not I mean, wrong. It's disrespect to Maddie Rooney. It's just also true. Um, I mean, but like, whether you're on Team USA or Team Canada, Mickelson's getting towards the end of her career with them. Like, yeah. in, ter- in terms of age. So like, if she's not going to come back to Team Canada, like, what's the point of coming back to the Inferno? Like, I'm, I don't know. If she likes how she's treated in the SDHL, why not stay there? Even if you do have, like, a sibling for Calder. Take a year off, play a couple years in the SDHL, live in Sweden. Like, come home. I, like, so wish I could just live abroad for a few years. Hard Like, same. how great would that be? Hard it's same. pretty good. Thanks. Um, I feel, I wonder if she does get pregnant soon, if she comes back to Canada, just so her child has Canadian citizenship. Is that how that shit works in Canada? I don't know. Or is that just in the U.S.? Yeah, I don't know. We're pretty, I know, like, I I did some research about this because it's just, because I'm a nerd. (laughs) We're pretty rare in that if you're born on our soil, you're automatically a citizen. That doesn't tend to be how it works most of the world. Are you talking talking U.S.? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to ask Megan. Um, but that kind of led into a bigger question from Alexa at LexiD29. Um, do we expect a lot of movement between leagues, North American, European, etc., for next season? Which I feel like we kind of saw already this year. So I guess, do we expect that that will continue? We got this question on Tumblr, and I'm really curious to see what happens. Somebody was asking us about what Team USA does next year. Mm. And um, I think that could be maybe not, I mean, it's certainly not going to be telling for the entire world. But I think in terms of where, if you know, if some of the veterans decide to keep going, I think that would be, I think that'll be a really interesting look at sort of where the sport is gravitating towards in terms of just like, if you see it getting, if you see more crossover or not, especially as you see players like Mickelson and Wakefield going over and winning. And I mean, cause like I said, I know I said before, Wakefield's been over there for I think four years now. And she's, mm-hmm. I'd be shocked if she didn't, if she mm-hmm. doesn't go back to the next year, I'll be really surprised. Um, well, it's so interesting because a lot of the times with women's hockey, like the biggest just because, like, there's not, with the NWHL kind of, like, cutting its salaries in the past, mm-hmm. like, couple of years, there's not really a league that stands out in terms of, like, compensation. Like, if, if you're not a national team player, you are, you probably have a second job or, like, you, you have to have a second income to support yourself. So like if you're not one of those twelve players plus two goalies who plays for team you know, who plays for the Chinese and right. gets everything yeah. that everyone else doesn't, then yeah. Right. And so I mean, like 
location has been like the biggest issue in terms of like players playing like where do you live or where do you work basically Mm -hmm. and so and that's and that's where you play but like I feel like in this past year we're starting to see players who like maybe have the means like like leave teams like you know we've seen like Kava and um uh, oh yeah Kohanshak going to the SDHL Blake Bolden going over to um the Swiss League like and and there were players that did that before who like played abroad, um, but like we're seeing movement in the C Dub and the N Dub now, and like um, mm. like players aren't necessarily sure. Like it's kind of a free for all now. There's not like one league that's better than the other. So like I wouldn't be shocked if we still saw a lot of movement next year. I don't. Th- I think you're right. I think you're right, especially as um, especially as the European leagues grow, and even if they don't plan on it. Even if they don't plan on making a career out of it, but being able to say, hey, I had this experience of I went over to, you know, I got to experience and live in a different culture and, you know, play in a different culture for a year. Mm -hmm. You know, just making that making that just that life choice, I guess, if that's becoming more of a more of a viable option, then I I do think more people are going to are going to jump at that. I think Blake Bolden's like a really interesting example of that in that she went to the Swiss League um, and in an interview that I think I referenced before with Erica, she on founding four, uh, our sister podcast, our sibling podcast, (laughs) whatever, our buddy podcast. What do we call that? Our, our BFF podcast, our fam, our fam podcast. Yes. There you go. I like that. Uh, our squad podcast. Squadcast. Our squadcast. (laughs) I actually, yes, that's exactly what it is. It's our squadcast. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Our squadcast. I'm so excited by that. <laughs> I love it. Um, our squadcast. Wow, I totally <laughs> forgot what I was gonna say. Okay, I actually, probably <laughs> enough. I think I know where you were going. Erica Ayala so did an so interview funny. with Blake Bolden. Yes, on our... she said she likes to. Tra- she said she likes to travel or something, didn't she? Yeah, she said. Oh, but what she said was what she said. She likes to travel. Yes, and she's very into fashion, which. Um, is one of my favorite things about Blake is she always had these incredible jackets, which yes. I am obsessed with jackets. Very She's very <laughs> styling. Uh, I always admired her jackets from afar. So Blake, if you're listening to this, that question that Erica asked you about your style and your jackets, that may have come from me. We also you, Erica because we would talk about it on the reg. Anyway. Um, if your jacket provider wants to like sponsor us, we wouldn't say no. Yeah. Listen, my jacket game is pretty weak because I'm pretty poor. Anyway, <laughs> um, er, uh, Blake said in the interview with Erica that she has loved being in the Swiss League because they kind of cater to whatever she wants. Not in like a bow at your feet kind of way, but in a different way than the NWHL did. Uh, and I thought that was so interesting because I feel like it's a good way to it's it's a it's a good reason to see these North American players head over to Europe is that they are so highly vaulted sometimes that maybe they'd be able to pull like better accommodations or like a you may not get paid but you don't have to like pay to live you right. get a stipend for your groceries you get a driver like all of this stuff well, um, I, I think and Mer- i think 
sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Meredith, we've talked about this before, like, a little bit about, well, like, do players get paid if they go over? And it's like, well, not necessarily, but they don't have to pay for anything. Like, they, their, take, their uh, living take, conditions are taken care, care of. of. Yeah. And I think that, that that's a lot of, I think that's probably what Blake was getting at, um, was that she doesn't have to pay for anything. She just pretty much goes and, like, in your mid-20s, I would fucking love to go somewhere, do what I love, which for Blake and other players is play hockey. Um, And I mean, for me, it would be, I would love to play hockey, but I have no skill there. (laughs) But like, if someone was to just be like, listen, we're not going to pay you, but you also don't have to pay rent, pay utilities, pay for groceries. You don't have to pay anything Mm -hmm. to come like take photos of our games. I'd be like, fuck yes. Yeah, if you and were you can like, also live abroad, like hell yeah, like that would be so enticing to me, especially as in like my mid. I struggle to say late because I'm 26, but in my mid 20s, like that's so enticing, and I feel like if that deal is on the table for more players, I'd be interested to see how many more players are willing to take that up, especially players that don't have a national team that aren't on the national team or don't have a shot, have outaged, for lack of a better word, the national team. I think sometimes too, we underestimate how much like the reason behind a player playing abroad is just to like have that experience. Because like I talked to um, Drew Burns and mm. I'm blanking on who else I spoke to back in 2015 at or 2016 at the C-Dub All-Star, like um, the All-Star game, there was a media day. And she played abroad too. And like, I think her main reason behind it was like to experience another culture. Like she, no, she wasn't getting paid. No, she wasn't like making a profit out of it. But it was like, she had an opportunity to go experience another culture and play for a professional team in another, like in, in somewhere that was different than she was used to. And so she was like, yeah, like I want to play for that. And so like, I think for some players, like that's, that's a big draw. Like location is a, a big deal. And if you can go somewhere and play and not have to like pay for where you live or pay for what you eat or like whatever, like that's, that's a big draw. I feel like it's grown up study abroad. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you pay to study abroad, but like, you also like get to experience and live in this new culture while like, that's not just visiting it, which is such a different experience. You know, like I went to Paris for a week and it felt so different. That experience felt so different than the week or than, than the time I, the semester I spent studying abroad in Florence. Mm-hmm. I spent most of that week extremely lost going to the same coffee shop because I knew exactly where it was. And after three days, they knew that I was the crazy uh, American <laughs> tourist who didn't speak French, though they kept trying to teach me French <laughs> to order like exactly what I wanted. And I would sit there for an hour with my book and then leave. <laughs> and they would keep trying to teach me French. <laughs> but I feel like it's like these players going abroad reminds me so much of like studying abroad in college yeah so to go back to the question i think we do still see movement i think 
there's just not enough. It's it, it, it's player by player, right? It's like, do you value, like, where, it's location. It all comes back to location, whether that's where you want to, like, where, you, where your second job is or where you want to live or if you want to take a chance and, like, go abroad for a year or two or three or however many Jennifer Wakefield has been in the SDHL, like... <laughs> Like, it's just, it's going to depend on the player. But I think we're starting to see more movement. And so I think that continues. I think as, you know, as the, le- as the leagues start to get, you know, hopefully over the next however many years, as things start to get more more equal, and as the, you know, as the, not just in terms of, you know, gender-wise, but in terms of, like, this is, you know, this is a good place to play. This is a good competitive place to play. I think it's going to probably just only increase. I think it also has a lot to do with, like, players' personal situation, too. Okay. Because, like, Kelly Stack had said, like, if she wants to move back to the United States to be back to, closer to her family and her fiancé and get married, um, and also with Megan Mickelson, who we've talked about wanting to start a family, or, well, not start a family, grow her family, mm-hmm. I think that will play a lot into seeing the growth, or not, not the growth, the um, the movement in players but i'm definitely all for this movement i don't think any of us have been like anti-movement but i think it's a great way to it's a we're seeing a great way of growing the game kind of organically and that you know blake bolden has garnered interest in the swedish league nope Blake Bolden. (laughs) (laughs) oh jesus christ um blake bolden has garnered more interest in the Swiss league and Megan Mickelson and Sydney Morin. And, um, I mean, Jennifer Wakefield's been in the, in the Swiss. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the SDA show. Meredith, this is what happened, but happens by the end of the podcast when we've been drinking is I keep mixing up leagues that sound the same in my head. Except usually we're in like the mailbag or star bench cut at this point. So we're just yelling at each other. Oh, there's a lot of yelling during start. Bench there's cut. so much yelling. You know, we're seeing, like, these North American players who have name recognition in North America, whether it be from the professional leagues and the national team leagues going over to the European professional leagues, growing the interest in those, and also kind of in the opposite direction, seeing players like Belikova come over and, um, oh, fucking A. Well, like Japanese players in the C dub have been like yes. they've been coming over for a long time. Belyakova coming over for Team Russia. Um, uh, Janine Weber from Austria. Yes. Like, yes. And and it's interesting too because we're not just seeing this at the pro level. Like from an NCAA perspective, we're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of like young talent from like Switzerland and Sweden and Finland and Russia and like all these countries coming to play in the NCAA, and like. And then going back to their national team. Well, that's going to be so interesting next year. There are some there are some pretty good Swedish players who are going to come over next year. Also, like Alina Mueller is coming to Northeastern, who we yes. have talked about before on this podcast, and who I am stoked to see in the NCAA. Oh, she's going to blow it up. I know it's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> I think that can like all of this. Hold on, all of this like crossover and like cross-pollination just serves the greater good of women's hockey 
Well, it's, it's, it's interesting to me because, like, with this whole, like, one league situation, I don't know, we've talked, we've talked it to death. That I know, was... no, I know, I know. But, like, some of the players are like, well, we want all the talent to be in one league. And I'm like, listen, we have the N-dub and the C-dub and the Swedish league and the Finnish league and the Swiss you get league. An entire, you don't get an entire world's worth of talent in one league. That is mm-hmm. unrealistic. I mean, like, the NHL exists for men's hockey, but, like, who cares? One and like we're se- like with all this movement that we're seeing, like to me it speaks to the parity of like women's hockey in general. Like I feel like the gap is narrowing between like the talent in each league. Like we're seeing players like Jennifer Wakefield in the SDHL and like Blake Bolden in the Swiss League. Like mm-hmm. players are going where they want to go, and I don't think it's a bad thing that we have that talent spread out because there's more than one league across the world that's like oh 100 percent, and like and it gives them more autonomy and more agency over their damn career they have more Mm. choices yes like why limit that to one league in one spot when you're having like when players are able to go if they want to travel they can travel if they want to stay home they can stay home like they have options Mm -hmm. i think for me jennifer wakefield is such an interesting example um in that she went straight from um so she played two years at uh university of new hampshire and then took a transfer year and then transferred to bu which is pretty much like how i know who jennifer wakefield is uh (laughs) while playing also for team canada she played one season in the cwhl for the furies and then pretty much shocking went overseas to europe um and I feel like she's kind of an underrated play. I feel like people on always underrate her a little bit because we don't see her in the North American professional leagues. But she's so good. She's brilliant. And she made that choice so early to go over to the Swedish league. Um, and I think that's it. She's just such an interesting case study in that whole like spread of North American hockey to Europe because of that mm-hmm. yeah like so i mean to, to circle back to this question yes i think we continue to see movement and there's a lot of reasons why players will move or not move and it's it's just until we get like there isn't an nhl-esque type league that exists for the women's game and so until we get that if we get that ever like i think we continue to see movement like we have in the past and I mean, I can't, I don't know as much about men's leagues and like this, the international spread of it, but part of me wonders if the NHL is like the end all be all place because the pay is so great and because it's been the destination for men's hockey. You know, you know, you're playing against the best of the best. We're in women's hockey, like we've been talking about, like Jennifer Wakefield is a team Canada like um she's a long-term team Canada player she's proven herself on the national level but she's playing in the SDHL but you also have like long-term team Canada players in the CWHL and long-term U.S. players in the NWHL and in the SDHL it's just it's a very interesting comparison to me mm-hmm I'm not sure if any of that made sense. In my mind, it really made a lot of sense, and I could not (laughs) 
comp- I could not verbalize what I was trying to say. I think I think we need to start to wrap up because this is yeah. the point of the podcast where the alcohol starts hitting and it's where things start getting a little bit out of control. <laughs> but before we go, Meredith specifically, mm-hmm. I had one thing that I wanted to ask you. It's a start bench cut that we got last week. That I think oh no, I know what this is going to be. Start bench cut did we get last week? That I think so you're more equipped to answer than we are. Um, I know what I- you're going to I hate this question. Bring it on. The they question. Suck. So, so the question. Literally, got, they suck. I. They're the worst. But uh, but we love them. So please keep sending them in. Um, they're the most anxiety portion of this com- of this podcast. I don't know. Nothing's going to beat the forty five seconds of pure pants <laughs> you already induced me. <laughs> the best was you just the first five seconds. You were just silent. I was. I like, think it was um... longer than five seconds, which is what made it amazing. It was just like um um um. I'm like Meredith, you do not have this much time to be freaking out. Like you gotta go. I was like, you might want to just start talking. I was about to just start <laughs> shouting hockey words at you, like puck, stick, goal, ice, team, line, player. We had a star bench cut: Sydney Morin, Hallie Krasaniak, okay. Megan Mickelson. I haven't seen Krasaniak play nearly enough to have an opinion. That's okay. You're we didn't either. I'm based off your brain. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> who have I got? You know what? This may be a slightly controversial opinion. And if you're listening, which, Sydney, I don't know why the hell you'd be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I really, 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 really hope Sydney Moore doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I honestly say, really it's hope. It's slagging off she's gotten from the show. Um... <laughs> Dude, Hannah straight up shit on her during the gold medal podcast. I, if she so. listens to this podcast, I can never, ever talk to her in person ever in my life. She would probably oh, actually that. deny your media request. That. She would murder me. Oh, I'm Hannah Beavis, she's I'm the one saying. that just shit on me during the gold medal game. So, no. <laughs> Sorry, Meredith. What's oh, your God. answer to this question? So, in the spirit of shitting on Sydney Morin. Oh, no. Uh, because I haven't forgotten those. I haven't forgotten yelling at the TV. No. When I finally got to watch a gold medal game. So I'm going to bench Sydney Moore and I'm going to. You know, there's a cut option, right? That's what I meant. Let, yes, that let, one. Let the, 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 sli- the, slice, the slicey one. The, yes, that one. <laughs> the slicey one. <laughs> yeah, the slicey one. So we're going to. We're going we're gonna to slicey her. her. Oh, God. I'm. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to bench Haley Krasaniak because I'm never 100% sure I'm saying her name right. It gives me anxiety and I can't, <laughs> I can't save my fucking life. And I'm going to start, I'm going to start Megan Mickelson because she's a great player and her brother was really nice to me. Yeah. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. This is my, both of us did. wait, did we answer that one last week? We did. Oh, okay. This is my flawless logic based on sibling kindness. And if anyone doesn't like it, fight me. Actually, please don't fight me. I don't. I don't want to fight you, but don't at her. Don't, yeah, don't at don't at me. <laughs> but yeah, that's my. Okay, one more question, and then we'll sign off. Um, okay. Start bench cut. Is your mom there to sign us off? She is. Yes, and my father is here also. If we want to do both yes. of them. Um, start bench cut. Jennifer Wakefield, Michelle Carvinen, Lara Stadler. I hate this question. I know. I we did too. <laughs> Fucking hate this question. I don't realize I probably just Wait, said do I have to answer it? No, this right. is just from Meredith. Alright, I've got who do I have? Wakefield, Carvinen, and Stalder. 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 Mm-hmm. God damn it, Eric. 
I know this. I know this is. I know this is his. It is. It is. It is. Uh, since so, my answer has changed. Oh, I'm gonna cut Lars over. <gasps> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bench Jennifer Wakefield. And I'm gonna I'm start Michelle Carvinen. Wow! I know. Whoa. I know. I know. I don't. I don't know who I am anymore. I'm just saying. Wow. See, I think but, I, I'm pretty sure I cut Carvinen on this question. See, but that's because I, I honestly seen don't remember what least. I did. Like that was my reasoning. See, okay, after like Lara Stalder is a dangerous goal scorer. You cannot, you just, you can never, ever, ever underestimate her on the ice. But after the final series between those two teams, that's my call. Mm, that's mm. fair. These questions are yeah. hard. These questions are hard. But I think that's why it's our favorite segment is we love being challenged. So give yeah. us your best shot. Hit us with your best shot. Do 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 do. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want your questions answered on our podcast, use the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag. Um, that's how we find our mailbag questions, or tweet them at Michelle and I. But please use the top the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag because that is how we uh, find questions on Twitter. Um, if you listen to the podcast, take a selfie and use the hashtag hashtag Top Shelfie. We want to see who's listening. We want to see what you're drinking. If you're drinking chocolate milk. Or if you're drinking alcohol. If you're drinking alcoholic chocolate milk. We're not going to judge. We just want to see. Uh, we have stickers that we want to give away that we haven't figured out how we want to give away yet, but this might be a way. You see that every episode. And I like, know. We literally never talked about it. You know, Michelle, there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot going on. Um, we're going to eventually figure this out. And then and when we do, we'll tell you. I think the twins need stickers. I agree. I agree with this sentiment. I the- do. If you like listening to Top Shelf, you might also like listening to the Founding Floor podcast, which is a podcast hosted by Erica Ayal and Mike Murphy, which talks about the NWHL, um, which is part of the uh, Ice Guard Podcast Network. Pod Squad. Pod Squad. I love this. We're making that a thing. Uh, we have a Patreon. If you want to support us, you can go to the Ice Garden Podcast Network Patreon and support us. Any little bit helps, and you get some rewards for a certain levels that you fulfill. We recently had a bonus episode go out that you can listen to if you are a patron. Um, so we are, it's on Patreon at the Ice Garden Podcast Network. Um, Meredith, where can we find you on Twitter? I am at Foster Rights on Twitter. It's F-O-S-T-E-R-W-R-I-T-E-S. Yes, I spelled that right. I'm double checking that in my head as I speak. You, you did spell that correctly, and I was going to be really impressed, but then I realized you've been drinking chocolate milk this entire time and not alcohol. So, uh, Michelle, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Michelle underscore J3. That's Michelle with two L's, J-A-Y, and then the numeral three. And you can find me on Twitter at Hannah underscore Beavis one. So I guess, Mom, this it's going to be you who calls us out. Do you want to say hello quickly before you, you say goodbye? Um, thanks for inviting me to talk with you and I have a a quote that I want to share with you oh wow be fierce be confident and be decisive oh thank you that's very sweet 
She's done. She took the earbud out of her ear. She walked away. So that's the end of our podcast, I guess. My um, mom just dropped a mic on us, except with an earbud. Boom. Eardrop, mic, mic drop. Mic drop. Uh, tune in next week for another episode of Top Shelf. Meredith, thank you for being on. And thanks for having me. Meredith. And Love we'll, you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. My mom's still over here. My dad is currently on the floor playing with Gigi because he is distracted so easily by the cat. Um, okay, I've seen, like, based on the pictures I've seen of your father and that cat, your father may as well be a cat. Pretty much. He is a cat. That's, like, that's hashtag confirmed.